Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on season two. Whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show. Thanks for listening! Now, on to the episode. Season 2, Episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. This episode was pure chaos. <laughs> the writers woke up this morning, thought it's Valentine's Day, I'm choosing chaos for everybody. <laughs> yeah, this episode was a lot of fun, and it also made me angry. Oh yes, it had a mix of both for me as well. It's like moments I hated, moments I loved. Love me some Cordelia. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's just get into it. We open up on the cemetery at nighttime. Xander is hanging out with Buffy while she patrols and is asking for her opinion about a heart-shaped necklace that he bought for Cordelia because Valentine's Day is approaching. He's worried that she won't like it, and Buffy is being snarky about it. Now, I had a flashback, and this episode has a lot of flashbacks to episode three, Witch. But you remember in that episode, Kara, that Xander gave Buffy a piece of jewelry mm -hmm. that you and I... <laughs> didn't like like the context behind why he gave it to her so now he's going to be giving jewelry to another girl who hopefully will want it this time around right mm -hmm. Buffy says that she'll never stop making fun of Xander for dating Cordelia and she thinks that he can find somebody better and I was like whoa rude <laughs> so much Cordelia hate in this show and honestly I don't get it and is that because, like, we're older and we've seen the whole show before? Is it because we just view Cordelia in a different light through our 21st century lens? Like, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, but I honestly do not feel like Cordelia deserves the amount of hate that the other characters give her on this show. I mean, they're coming from it with a high schooler perspective of Cordelia was the mean girl who was a bully, and now you're into her. What's up with that? It's the whole clickiness of high school, right? Mm -hmm. Buffy, don't forget, like, not only did Cordelia butt bully Willow, but Cordelia vehemently opposed Buffy becoming a cheerleader. That's true. So there is that history there, maybe not as extensive as with Willow and Xander. But I think Buffy has definitely come around to Cordelia as a person, right? They're spending more time together. Cordelia has earned a place in the Scoobies. But the idea of Cordelia and Xander as an item mm -hmm. it's a little harder to swallow i suppose yeah i mean we're gonna be talking about cordelia a lot in this episode but like i just i can't help it like i like cordelia i love her honesty i love her confidence i think she's so funny so i don't know maybe i'm just like a, a bully apologist i don't know what i am but like i just don't like when they when they're when they're always ragging on her because i don't think she's been that mean for most of the season mm -hmm. her bitchiness has gone down significantly but mind you, I mean, maybe 16 years of her being bitchy, just, you know, one year of being nice doesn't make up for it. I don't know. Let's move on. Xander says he can't find someone better because the only other person that he's interested in is unavailable. 
<sighs> awkward. So awkward. And Buffy looks awkward about it. But Buffy is glad that they're getting along. And she says, don't stress about the gift. So Xander says, this is all new to him. His Valentines are usually met with heartfelt restraining orders. And there's a couple of jokes that Xander makes in this episode that are along these lines, like these weird I'm a predator jokes. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, I think he's accurate, but it's just weird that they give him so many of them in this episode. Mm -hmm. Basically, Xander says he wishes dating were like slaying, more simple, direct, stake to the heart. No muss, no fuss. And that's when a vampire jumps out of the ground and attacks him. And Buffy and the vampire start fighting each other before Buffy stakes it. And unless my eyes deceive me, I believe that this vampire, or rather the stuntman, is an Asian man. <laughs> I tried to look very closely and I'm pretty sure it was an Asian man. But I couldn't I couldn't get a good look before Buffy staked him. And I was like, Buffy, stop Asian hate. <laughs> like, hashtag. <laughs> Oh, Buffy and Xander are leaving the cemetery and Buffy says slaying is more perilous than dating. And Xander says, you're not dating Cordelia. Cut to credits. Dun, dun, dun. At school, Cordelia is approaching Harmony and the Plastics. We haven't seen Harmony in a very long time. The Plastics is, of course, a Mean Girls reference to the popular clique of girls. And they're all ignoring Cordelia until finally they turn around and acknowledge her. And Cordelia saying to them, why didn't you return my calls last night? We have to talk about our outfits for the dance. She's wearing black and red, which means that that one girl needs to switch. <laughs> so Harmony's like, is that what Xander likes? And the girls start making fun of her. They're like, a girl wants to look good for her geek. And they're super bitchy about it. And they leave. And Cordelia looks very shocked that they would turn on her like this. Her little cordettes. So in class, a teacher is saying that papers are due on her desk. And we see that Amy is in this class. And do you remember when we talked about phases last week? We were saying how it's cool. We were doing all these callbacks to season one. In that episode, and one of the callbacks was to the episode Witch, which we, you and I have already called back in this episode. And I think it was kind of cool that the writers were setting up this introduction, this reintroduction of Amy, because we haven't seen her in over a season. Here she is. And as everyone's leaving, Amy is talking to Buffy and Willow, and she's asking them about the Valentine's Day dance at the Bronze, because of course the dance is at the Bronze. And Willow excitedly says that her boyfriend is in the band and she's like super psyched about it. It's really cute. Yeah. And Buffy is uh, down on the idea of Valentine's Day and Amy guesses that she went through a bad breakup, which is, of course, true. As they leave, they all hand in their papers. But Amy just stares at the teacher for a while before the teacher is just like, thanks for your paper, even though Amy didn't hand anything in that cheater. So we haven't seen Amy since season one and like you said it's nice to see her again <laughs> but apparently she's up to no good she's up to her mother's old tricks i want to point out all the students handing in their papers willow's paper is the only one in like a nice cover because of course willow <laughs> i love that it you noticed cute. that yeah that's so cute Xander saw this whole thing, this whole exchange between the teacher and Amy, and out in the hallway, Willow is feeling bad for Buffy, who says that her and her mom are just going to pig out and watch movies all night for Valentine's Day. 
Xander comes up behind them, says he saw Amy doing witchcraft. And that's when, again, they remember that Catherine the Great was her mother and she was a psycho. So maybe Amy shouldn't be messing around with that stuff. And Xander's like, maybe I should go talk to her. But that's when Giles comes up and asks Buffy if he can have a word. But at the same time, Jenny comes out of her classroom and it gets super awkward super fast because don't forget jenny is a liar lies <laughs> lies and uh rupert's pissed at her and by rupert i mean giles of course so giles is just like oh rupert and she and he's like miss calendar <laughs> Ooh, he gave her the miss calendar like that's a cold shoulder it's as if they haven't seen each other naked because we know they have he's like oh i can't talk right now i have a matter to discuss with buffy and buffy's like yep let's go and she's looking like down on the ground because obviously she's still pissed and as giles and jenny stare at each other briefly they both look away and walk in opposite directions, leaving Xander and Willow awkwardly between them. And do you think this is giving Buffy PTSD from her own parents' divorce? The awkwardness of the situation? That's interesting. Um, I don't know. Like, I could, <laughs> no. I could see, I don't really think there's enough there to say that, but mm -hmm. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I just thought I'd present it. So in the library, Buffy and Giles is asking Giles if he's okay. And he says he's fine, but I also don't think he, he probably just doesn't want to burden Buffy with that kind of Giles stuff. Giles right? is very much not fine. Yeah, <laughs> Giles is a wreck. And uh, Giles is saying, since Angel turned into back into Angelus, he's been reading up on his earlier activities for patterns. And he says Valentine's Day, he does particularly brutal displays of what he would call affections. And he's like, there's no need to go into details, but I think you should just stay off the streets for the next few nights. And Giles will look after things, patrol for her. Better to be safe than sorry. And, and Buffy's just like, it's a little late for both. <gasps> so let me get this straight. Giles is going to put himself in harm's way because I don't think Giles could stand against Angelus. So he's going to put himself in harm's way. Then if he gets killed, Buffy's going to feel extra guilty. I don't like this plan, Giles. <laughs> Giles, you've, this season has not been good for plans in Giles. Uh, I do agree with you. And this is something that I noted a couple times in this episode. How come no one is concerned about Angelus? <laughs> like in the last episode and this episode, like Buffy is obviously still dealing with her heartbreak, but no one seems concerned or scared to like walk out around at night knowing that he's out there and what he does to people that he used to care about. He becomes obsessed with somebody and what he does to those people that are around that person. They know that history. And Giles is like, you stay home, Buffy. You're the one in danger. Giles, you're all in danger. I agree. They're not doing anything about it. It's weird. Oh, well, I guess we'll see if that comes back to bite them in some way, shape or form. We'll have to see. Cut to the factory. Speaking of Angelus, Drusilla is opening a box with a necklace in it that Spike is giving to her for Valentine's Day, I'm assuming. And she's like, oh, it's beautiful. And Spike is like, nothing but the best for my girl. And that's when Angelus comes up and places a freshly cut out warm heart on the table. And he just smiles and says, happy Valentine's Day, Drew. And Drusilla shows a lot more excitement over the heart than she does the necklace and angel is like so smug and looks at spike and is just saying i knew you'd like it i found it in a quaint little shop girl so then angel puts spike's necklace that he gave drusilla on her himself so he's like i can do it because spike's in his wheelchair he's like across usurping the, the present right yes yes and it's funny because he says to spike 
Drew gives you pity access, but you have to admit it's so much easier when I do things for her. No. I... Uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure what this is. However, is it ableism? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Let's clarify that right now that he's basically saying because Spike's in a wheelchair and he, like, that he can't perform and, and do things for Drusilla that he used to be able to. I'm actually not sure if this is supposed to be also sexual. Oh, absolutely. This is part of their ongoing sexual (laughs) rivalry, for sure. You know, Angelus is rubbing it in Spike's face that he can go and hunt for Drusilla and provide for her and have sexy times mm-hmm. with her. And yeah, it's ableist AF. Um, I mean, we saw this in Innocence as well, where they left Spike behind. Spike didn't get to go to the mall and watch the judge kill people. Um, excuse me. People who use wheelchairs can be evil too. Thank you very much. <laughs> they can go to the mall and unleash judges on people. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> so this whole arc in which Spike is using a wheelchair is very ableist because the wheelchair is a symbol of Spike's impotence, both sexual and as the season's big bad being usurped, right? So first he came into town and usurped Colin. And then he was mm-hmm. set up to be the season's big bad. And then Angel has turned evil and usurped Spike's place. And they've put him into this wheelchair and said, you know, you're no longer capable of both providing for Drew, but also you're not capable of taking on the Slayer and executing evil plans. So it, it really sucks that yeah. the show has chosen to use a wheelchair in this way as like this symbol Because, of course, you know, I'm not a wheelchair user, but I would imagine that disabled people and especially people with mobility issues would like to see themselves on television represented in more dynamic ways with that acknowledgement, right? That the problem is not the person being in a wheelchair. The problem is our society not being accessible as it should be to people in wheelchairs. Yeah. It actually reminds me, uh, I like watching on TV the live musicals that sometimes they do like every year before COVID. Um, And they did Rent. And if anyone who's a Rent fan, the actor who was playing Roger, who's one of the main roles, he fell and broke his ankle uh, in the year that they did Rent Live. And they basically decided to just air the dress rehearsal and not air the actual live event because he was going to be in a wheelchair and everybody was like, uh, we could have watched him sing in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Right. But then it's basically what you're saying now. It's like the set probably wasn't set up for somebody to be in a wheelchair or anything like that. So it's just interesting how this stuff is still happening nowadays. Yeah. You know, not just 25 years ago. And I also want to say in this scene, particularly that I, it's hard for me to read the sexual nature of Angel, Drusilla, and Spike, because this is the first time around for this rewatch that I've noticed it. Ooh. I think in the past, I never thought that Angel, Drusilla had a sexual past. It is so fascinating to me. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe I'm really naive, or I'm just like, Angel only ever got with Buffy in my head. <laughs> but um, the way I see it is just, I, like, I just never saw that before. It's like, this, so this is a new concept to me. So I'm like trying to wrap my brain. I'm like, okay, they are having sex. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. But anyway, 
Spike is saying that he's worried about the Slayer and Angel is trying to figure out the best way to send his regards, he says. And Spike suggests ripping her lungs out. <laughs> and Angel says that lacks poetry. And Spike says it doesn't have to. What rhymes with lungs? And I was like, Spike, we already know from previous episodes that you love spitting out rhymes. So like, I'm sure you of all people would know what rhymes with lungs. And Drusilla basically just says, don't worry, Spike. Angel knows what speaks to a girl's heart as she stares at the heart. Well, and that is a that's a reference to what goes on in this episode, right? Because Xander finds a way to speak mm -hmm. to several girls' hearts. Uh, the men in this episode, I tell you. So at the bronze, Oz is performing with his with his band as Willow enjoys from the sidelines. And she is so stoked. Like she's so happy to be there. And her and Oz are like smiling at each other while he's on stage. And it's really, really adorable. They're in love. They're in love. And Willow says like to Xander, who's waiting there nervously for Cordelia to show up. She's like, oh, Oz is wearing his cool hair. And I think I'm a groupie. <laughs> like she's just like really, really psyched. And it's, I'm happy for her. And uh, that's when Cordy shows up looking super hot in her black and red dress. And she tries to say hi to the plastics again. And again, they ignore her. And Cordelia looks really hurt by this. And it's very clear that Harmony it has been waiting for this for a long time because Cordelia was the queen bee. And now Harmony appears to be the leader of this new group. And I just feel like Harmony, who's like so ditzy and so simple, it would seem, She's probably been maneuvering this for a very long time. And you and I had asked each other in phases whether or not the rest of the school is aware that Cordy and Xander are starting to get closer because they were showing a little bit of public affection. And clearly they know mm -hmm. <laughs> it has not been um, a secret. So cut to Buffy at Buffy's house. Buffy and Joyce are baked on the couch. <laughs> They're enjoying munchies. Well, Joyce is certainly baked, at least. Yeah. I feel like Buffy probably probably had a, a puff or two. Uh, they've got chips, cookies, pizza. They got popcorn. They got all the my fave munchie foods. And they hear a knock on the door. So Buffy goes to answer it. No one is there. So she closes the door and looks in the living room and her mother is missing. So Buffy goes to the kitchen to look for her. There's a bit of a jump scare as Joyce comes in from the backyard. But basically, Joyce is holding a black box and she says, these are for you. And Buffy opens them and it's a beautiful assortment of roses, red roses, and a note that says, soon. That feels like a note that you would leave somebody. Soon. Even if it meant like really nice, like you're invited to my wedding. <laughs> oh, dear. You're just so ominous, Stephanie. I know. That's the only way to be, to be honest. Um, but this work gave me such I know what you did last summer vibes, which is what Sarah Michelle Gellar starred in back in 1997 or six or something. <laughs> so. This is actually quite spooky and for a couple of reasons, like it is weird to get a note, you know, soon, soon what? But again, this just goes to show like Angelus was outside your house, Buffy. He's there right now. He's watching you from the windows probably. And your mother went outside. She like he could have taken her. Yeah. It's really scary. It's scary stuff and no one seems to care. So 
Buffy looks really upset, but I want to point out here that Joyce has nothing to say. <laughs> Joyce is just like That's because oh. she's riding the high train right now, you know. She's <laughs> everything's fine, man. We're just enjoying our Valentine's Day together. Just two gals, two gals who are pals. And I love that for them. I love that they're having this night together. But Joyce, like, wouldn't you be so inquisitive about what's going on here? But maybe we'll find out in a future episode what if she has any clue what's going on with Buffy. Something tells me no, but the fact that these giant things of flowers come in, like you said, it's ominous. No questions from Joyce. <laughs> so cut to uh, back to the bronze. Cordelia is sitting by herself, rethinking her life, I think. Xander approaches her and Cordy stands up and she notices that he's wearing a suit and she says that he looks really good. And Xander says, Buffy dressed him. <laughs> and I actually thought that was quite sweet. I think it's nice that Buffy like helped him wear something nice because he was nervous for giving her this necklace and Cordelia says oh you had to make this harder didn't you and Xander goes into a speech that is based like is it like you know a 10 out of 10 romantic speech it's not but I will give Xander some credit here because he he bumbles through it but it's because he's nervous and I think he's being vulnerable here and it's actually quite sweet and he basically just says, I don't know if what we have is just hormones, but I'm starting to think that it's not. Uh, maybe something in you sees something special inside me and vice versa. And I, I think I do. I see something. And he gives her the gift. And Cordelia opens it and she pulls out the locket and holds it up. And she says, thank you. It's beautiful. And I think she means it. Like she's actually touched that he gave that to her. But then she immediately says, I want to break up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and Xander looks so hurt. And he's like, not the reaction I was looking for. And Cordelia, I, like, who, like, I know, like, I'm sorry, but who are we kidding? Even if parts of us see specialness, we don't fit. And Xander gets really upset and is pissed that she's doing this to him on Valentine's Day in public. And Cordelia says, I didn't mean to do it this way. And Xander's like, well, you did. And leaves. And... Cordelia looks upset. I think Xander should stop giving women necklaces. Yeah, the moral of the story is Xander never give jewelry to women. (laughs) Stop. And I think we'll learn that as we continue in this series. Just don't. It's a bad idea. So next day at school, everyone knows that Xander got dumped at the dance. And they're all looking at him and laughing at him in the hallway. And Buffy's walking by and Xander tries to stop her to talk to her. And she's like, I can't, Angel. And she says she doesn't need Xander's help, so she keeps going. And more and more people are laughing at him. He walks by the Plastics, uh, Harmony and the gang, and Cordelia's sitting with them. So obviously she's been welcomed back into the flock. And Harmony says, gee, Xander, maybe you should learn a second language so that so that even more girls can reject you. And the girls all laugh at him. But Cordelia doesn't. I'll say that there. Her face looks very crestfallen like she knows what she's done right she's sold her soul yeah and i and back to what we were saying earlier about cordy like i think season one cordy would it this wouldn't have happened to her she number one she wouldn't have dated xander but number two she wouldn't have cared if he was being ridiculed by people in the hallway but this hurts her she's like i don't like i know what i exactly i know what i did and i'm not gonna laugh along with these people and I'm serious. Like, this is probably the first time I've ever felt truly sad for Xander. It only lasts for two seconds, because we'll see what happens next, but... You mean you didn't feel sorry for Xander back when he'd lost... He tragically lost his friend, Jesse? 
Nobody else remembers. <laughs> no one remembers but us. <laughs> Although I do think there's a callback to Jesse in this episode. I'll I'll touch on it when we get there. But no, I don't. I didn't feel bad for Xander then. I rarely feel bad for Xander. But here I actually started to feel sympathy for this guy because it's not nice that he got rejected and then is getting bullied for it. Right? Like that sucks. But then, but then. Xander gets this determined look on his face and runs down the hallway. He sees Amy and aggressively grabs her arm. And he's like, I saw you doing witchcraft. I'm Mrs. Miss Beekman. And then he blackmails her and she asks him what he wants. And Xander says he wants some respect around here. I want for once to come out ahead. I want the Hellmouth to be working for me. You and me, Amy, we're going to cast a little spell as he looks at Cordelia. Okay, Xander. So you're hurting. But your first thought is, I am going to try to find a way to force Cordelia to change her mind and love me again. And that is rapey as fuck. And when we talk about Xander slander and when people are like, oh, but Xander has heroic qualities. Sure. And we can acknowledge those heroic qualities. But you also have to acknowledge that this is the first place his mind went after being wronged. Was it nice what Cordelia did to him? Absolutely not. And he deserves to feel bad about that and feel sad. And, you know, Cordelia should do something to make it right. But she doesn't deserve to be mind controlled. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, you're right. Like, his first instinct is revenge. And that's quite scary. It's his sense of entitlement over women. Yes. So... As we just said, Xander wants this love spell, and he says to Amy that um, he doesn't want a, her to love him for all eternity. He says a man can only talk self-tanning lotion for so long before his head explodes. So that's sexist. You're the worst. And then Xander says that he wants Cordelia to want him so desperately so he can break up with her and subject her to the same hell that she's been putting him through. So... <sighs> Again, this is not about Xander's love for Cordelia, right? This isn't even, oh, I love her and I want her to love me back. It's, I want revenge. I want to hurt her because she doesn't love me. And that's just, it's so... Twisted. Ugh, like, this is, yes, it's twisted. This is the plot of way too many romances, right? And this is what we're taught is love sometimes, you know? And I have a comment about that idea towards the end of the episode after we see how things resolve but it's this it, this episode is a lot of fun like we said at the beginning but i also said it made me angry mm -hmm. and this is why because it is perpetuating a lot of very harmful tropes about love i do think the writers are trying to subvert some of those tropes you know amy is saying like xander i don't think this is what you want to do and this it's very much an, uh, an episode that's all about be careful what you wish for mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Xander started this out of a desire to control Cordelia. Yes. And what he says here to Amy really betrays his lack of respect for her. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're going to see a lot more of that. And once again, the, the mistreatment of Cordelia in this episode from the comments that are made toward her, but frankly, just in Xander's care of her is alarming. Like at first we're like, oh, this couple's so cute and funny and... I'm enjoying the experience of them making out in the closet, but I don't like this dynamic at all. So 
Amy basically just says that they, they need a personal object of Cordelia's to do the spell. In the library, Giles is reading when Buffy shows him the soon card. <laughs> and Buffy says that Giles has never held out on her before until the big bad thing in the dark became my ex, Honey. Do you remember Honey? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Also, I just want to say, like, Giles has held out on Buffy plenty of times before. Yes, he has. And <laughs> I just can't. What what episode was it when Buffy called Angel a honey and you and I were like, oh, God, it's so awkward. <laughs> I can't remember. Season one for sure. But um, also, is this the first reference we ever get to Big Bad? Like a Big Bad mm. of the season? Oh, I think it might be. That's a good question. Listeners write in. No, let us know. <laughs> um, so Buffy says that this is not the time to be Mr. Protective Guy. I can't prepare when I don't know what's coming. And that's so true. And Giles agrees. So they begin to go over all of Angel's past. Maybe he finally lets Buffy read the Watcher's Diaries. I don't know. So in the hallway, Xander is approaching Cordy, who tries to run away. And he says he wants the necklace back. And Cordy's like, ah, uh, I thought it was a gift. And Xander says, last night it was. Today, it's scrap metal. So she calls him pathetic and says it's in her locker. And this is so endearing of Cordelia because she's she opens her locker door and she checks to see if he's watching. And she hides behind the door. And it turns out she's wearing the necklace around her neck. And I just thought that was so sweet like it's actually like showing a little bit of humanity and emotion from cordelia than we've really ever gotten this is really a turning point for cordelia this episode it's a turning point for cordelia it's also a turning point for xander just in the wrong direction <laughs> no the episode is making it clear that both cordelia and xander have feelings for each other and if it weren't for the popularity angle for cordelia they would have stayed together so I think both of them are hurting right now. And Cordelia's hurt over her lost social status caused her to hurt Xander, which I'm not defending that. You know, I, I know you're talking about the mistreatment of Cordelia and stuff, and I agree with that. But I, I think we should acknowledge, right? Like Cordelia has done wrong. Yes. It's just that, the you know, Cordelia doing wrong doesn't mean that in return she deserves what Xander is going to do to her. And yeah, it, it, I like the touch of oh, she's wearing the necklace, you know, it did mean something to yeah. her. And she's giving it back, which, like, Amy said a personal object. She's had it for, what, less than 24 hours? Is this really a personal object of Cordelia's already? <laughs> like, I don't know what he would have taken from her, like her her, her mirror, <laughs> her cope. I borrow a textbook from you? <laughs> Is it my personal object now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Interesting choice, Xander. But I mean, whatever, it's handy. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> you're right. Everyone's hurt. And when Cordelia gives the necklace back to him, she basically says, it's a good thing we broke up. Now I don't have to pretend I like it. And I was like, Cordy, that's really mean. That's really mean because you're the one that dumped him. And of course, he's lashing out a little bit to like give me the necklace back. That's brutal. So at school that night, Amy is doing a spell while Xander sits on the floor all painted up in a ritual circle with a candle. And boom, magic. And I actually didn't think the graphics were that bad. Like they have all these like pink sparkles or something. <laughs> well, that's not that bad. So next day at school, Xander is strutting the halls looking for Cordy. And she's sitting with the plastics. And Xander basically leers over her. 
and starts asking her questions like, well, you know, some kind of weather we're having, huh? And she's like, what do you want? <laughs> and clearly she is not affected at all by whatever happened last night. She, and she says he's sniffing around for more jewelry to melt. <laughs> and Xander keeps like being all close to her. And this is when I think it's a callback to Jesse because Cordelia says, like she pushes him away from her and says, have you gone stalker boy on me now? And remember, the last person she called a stalker was Jesse, of course. I see him. Xander looks shocked and says, sorry, my mistake, and confused and walks away. And Cordelia's just like, what is his deal? And we cut to the library where Giles is still telling Buffy about the things that Angelus has done in the past. And he goes on to say, Angel nails a puppy, dot, dot, dot. And Buffy's like, skip it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have a puppy. Skip it. I don't want to know. And I personally do want to know, like, what did he nail the puppy to? I don't want to know. I don't think anyone really wants to know, but I mean, it's just going to dangle out there. We'll never know. Um, Giles goes to get another batch of books while Xander comes in and he's just feeling sorry for himself. And Buffy, like, starts getting closer to him as she's giving him sympathy. And she's like, I heard about you and Cordy. That's her loss. You know what I'd like? I'd like if you and I did something tonight, just the two of us, we can comfort each other. And Xander, of course, makes a super inappropriate joke and comment. He's like, oh, will there be lap dancing? Will that be part of the situation? It's like, Xander, this is like you're one of two female friends. Stop making these awkward sexual comments, please. Mm -hmm. But, oh my God, turns out Buffy's into it. (laughs) Who saw that coming? I'm shocked, I tell you. So... Buffy gets really close to him and she says, if you play your cards right, and Sarah Michelle Geller is turning on her sex kitten acting skills that we only saw when she was bad. (laughs) And she says, I heard you and Cordy broke up and I guess I was just surprised with how glad I was. It's funny how you can see someone every day but not really see them, you know? And Xander is like nervously laughing and he's super confused, but he's going with it. And Buffy goes to leave him to kiss him. And that's when Amy comes up behind Xander and asks if she can talk to him. So he does pull himself away from Buffy and goes outside to the hallway. And Amy says she doesn't think the spell worked. And Xander's like, no biggie. Because like he's looking at through the window of the library door at Buffy, who's like seductively watching him while Giles is like talking more about dead puppies or something and amy asks if they should try again and xander says you know it's okay it it was wrong to meddle with the forces of darkness i think we've all grown from it i gotta go and this is what i mean where when you're saying xander wanted this love spell not to make cordy love him back but to get revenge on her because here we are like xander's in the thick the same day like literally 12 hours after he got dumped And as soon as Buffy starts to show a little bit of interest in him, he forgets all about Cordelia. Yeah. So how deep are his actual feelings for Cordelia? And this is why I'm like, you're mistreating her like as as her potential boyfriend or her boyfriend that is now, you know, a former boyfriend. You don't really care about her at all. You obviously love Buffy more. I I don't know, though. I think he's seriously freaked out at the moment i'm not sure it's that oh he's like okay cool like buffy's into me this is the best thing ever by cordelia i i think that he is disturbed by what's happening because he realizes cordelia wasn't affected but buffy was affected and um as we discover 
as the scene goes on, right? Amy's like, oh, but I want to spend time with you. Like, we don't have to do witchcraft. We could just, like, hang out. <laughs> and it's clear that her version of hanging out would involve making out. And I, I think Xander's legit freaked out here, right? He's really realizing this is a be careful what you wish for situation, and he was not careful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think, but right before he realized what was going on, he was so like, whatever, Amy, like, I'm going to go back to Buffy because she's like, wants to make out. And again, I know you and I have talked about before, like Xander very much is the kind of guy who wants what he can't have. He doesn't realize what he does have, like that kind of whole thing. So of course, Mm -hmm. his fantasy is coming true here. But I'm just like, you know what, Cordy deserves more than this. So Like you said, Amy's trying to hit on him and another girl comes up behind Amy to hit on him. And Amy's like, do you mind? We're talking. So these girls are starting to get pretty catty. Xander leaves. He just leaves school. He goes home to his bedroom and enters the most awkward scene I have seen in this entire series so far. Oh, my God. This made me so uncomfortable. I agree with that. I was cringing on my couch, like the kind of cringe where it's like visceral, like my my face scrunched up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I do want to give props to the set designers here because we're in Xander's bedroom for the first time. I mean, we saw a glimpse of it in Prophecy Girl, but this we're getting like a good look here. And it looks authentically like a high school boy's bedroom. Like it's still obviously the bedroom he's had since he was a child. So there's still like kid stuff up and it's messy and like it just it was right. And I will also add that the poster on above Xander's bed. I had that poster when I was in university, so. I don't know what to think of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Little link between you and Xander. <laughs> We're not so different after what all. What other things do you and Xander have in common, Steph? Um, I, too, perform love spells <laughs> <laughs> that go awry. So, surprise, Willow's lying in Xander's bed wearing only his shirt. <laughs> and she says <laughs> she's been in his bed before. Xander's like, yeah, when we were wearing footy pajamas and... Xander's like, oh, this is all my fault. Like, I cast a spell. It backfired. And Willow's like, you know, how long have we been friends? And, you know, friendships change all the time. We can grow closer. Xander is backing up against the wall as Willow is, like, approaching him. And she's very clearly just in his shirt. And <laughs> he, she's like, I want you to be my first. <laughs> and he's like, it's not that I don't find you sexy. And Willow asks if the reason he's like hesitant is because of Oz. She's like, don't worry about him. He's sweet, but he's not you. And that's when Willow does something that made me so uncomfortable that it shook me to my core. She starts sucking on Xander's ear. Uh, I'm like shivering right now. It it like literally, I hated every moment of it. Every moment of it. And Xander also gets upset about it. He's like, I don't want to use force. But um, to me, I was like, in this case, I would have 100% used force if it was me because I'd have been like, do not suck on my ear. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like that's assault, right? Like, yes, this is not consensual. Oh, so it's so weird too. Yeah. So, Willow tries to do it again and Xander's like it's time for me to act like a man and hide and he runs away so that scene I forgot all about it but that scene was worse to me than the dancing scene between Buffy and Xander in when she was bad this one made me cringe more yes although I will say I think that Alison Hannigan and Sarah Michelle Gellar and all the other um, women actors in this 
show probably had a lot of fun <laughs> getting to play these very different takes on their characters. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Allison Hannigan nails it out of the park in this episode. But I think it's also because we've been following Willow's journey through the series very closely. And I think this is just so unfair to her and to Oz because they literally, the episode before, just solidified their relationship. They are together. They're a unit. And here comes Xander to get in the middle of that because he cast a spell and Willow is now hitting on him and saying like, be my first and saying all these things. It's so unfair to her and it's so wrong to have done this to her. Not that he meant to, but at the same time, he chose to do black magic. Ooh, this, this is, it's hard. It's really hard. So back at school, Harmony and her gang are giving Cordelia the cold shoulder again. And Cordelia is like, what did I do now? We're red and purple together. <laughs> and Harmony says, you know what you did. Xander is wounded because of you. And Cordelia is so confused. And she's like, I thought you wanted me to break up with him. And Harmony's like, only a sick pup would let Xander get away, no matter what her friend said. I love the wording here, right? He's wounded. Sick pup. You're a sick You're pup. You're a sick pup. It's so good. It's so good. And, Cor and Cordelia screams, what does it take to make you people happy? <laughs> This is where the episode starts getting chaotic, and I think it's fun. Like, I do. It's fun. They should do more Valentine's Day episodes, for sure. Sander walks down the hallway. For whatever reason, he went back to school. Oh, yeah, I know why to find Giles. So as he's walking through, every girl in the hallway is eyeing him up. Every guy is also eyeing him up, probably because they all got dumped <laughs> from their current girlfriends. A, a song is playing, like a, a pop song, like a song from the 70s is playing as he enters the library. And Xander basically says to Giles, I'm throwing myself at your mercy. I made a mess. I found out that Amy's into witchcraft and, and I was hurt. So I made her do this love spell and it backfired. And every woman in Sunnydale wants to make me their cuddle monkey. And that's when Jenny comes in and is like, Rupert, we need to talk. Hey, Xander, nice shirt. And she starts to touch his arm. It's really <laughs> funny how gradually and subtly she gets taken by the spell right yeah. so it, there seems to be a proximity thing here where it's like at first like it takes a little bit of time for the spell to take effect but then once it's taken effect it doesn't wear off right it's not like willow goes back to normal when she's not near xander so it seems like once you you're in the spell's grasp you're done yeah and I, I think that's funny too because it's not like like xander was close to harmony and her friends uh, before he entered the library to see Buffy. So it makes sense why they're kind of like caught up in it too. But at first I thought it was because they're more simple-minded, which is why like just from a far, very far distance, <laughs> they got infected. <laughs> but I know it's because he already had been near them. Well, and so this spell is very like heteronormative too, right? Because it's only women True. who are caught under this love spell. True. It's like, where's Larry? You know, like... Where's Larry? You're right. <laughs> Or, like, it was pretty obvious there was something between Giles and Ethan, right? Like, Giles, Giles might be into the dudes a little bit. You're so right, yes. I, I think a more equal opportunity love spell would have people of other genders also coming for Xander here, too. But I guess that's too much to ask for a late 90s TV show. Xander would have been so dead, though, if it was also men. Like, Giles and Oz wouldn't have been there to help. Like, it would have been a disaster. Yeah, so as Jenny is talking to Giles, what she's saying is, like, I know you're angry with me, but I'm 
not going to go away. I care for you so much. But as she's doing this, she continues to like touch Xander's arm. And she's like, have you been working out? And that's when Giles sees what Xander's talking about. He pulls Jenny away. And then he starts raging on Xander. He's like, I can't believe you're fool enough to do something like this. And Xander agrees with him. He's like, yep, like, I'm a fool. And he's like, did Amy try to reverse the spell? And Xander says, all Amy wants to do is plan their honeymoon. <laughs> so Giles says, you know, this is serious. People under a love spell are deadly. They lose all capacity for reason. Do not leave the library. I will find Amy and see if we can put a stop to this. And he gets pissed. And he drags Jenny out of the library. And she's like, no. <laughs> I am so happy that Giles gets angry at Xander in the scene because Xander deserves it. Yes. Yes, he does deserve this fury that's unleashed from Giles. And Xander is terrible at blocking doors because <laughs> you think he has so much practice, he'd be good at it. These doors swing outward, like away <laughs> into the hall. And Xander rolls like this drawer in front of them and to block everybody out. And Buffy just pulls the door <laughs> open and walks around it. Like, well, she also has her super slayer strength, right? So <laughs> sure, Buffy's going to get in whether you like it or not. It's true. It's true. But the average girl, like Amy, for example, also could just come in. So... Buffy comes in and she is wearing a raincoat, uh, a coat of sorts, and just her legs are out. She's clearly naked under there, except I think she might be wearing leotards or some sort of hosiery. And her hair's a lot more blonde here than I remember it being <laughs> in the past. But she is looking sexy as hell and she's gonna hit on him now. She's like, alone at last <laughs> and she starts to open up her raincoat and xander's like for the love of god don't open your raincoat and she says it's a party aren't you gonna open your presents <laughs> jesus <laughs> so so buffy's walking toward him he's like you know falling back onto the stairs and he says sometimes the remote possibility that you might like me was all that sustained me but not now not like this this isn't the real you you're only here because of the spell if you had one clue what it would mean to me but you don't so i can't <sighs> okay so when he does so buffy's hitting on him this is like she's offering him sex right now she's like i i will have sex mm -hmm. with you in the library on the stairs in the cage anywhere mm -hmm. Xander is saying no because he realizes she's entranced. Okay, and I know a lot of people have applauded Xander for this and said, oh my god, like, he's so great. That's so sweet of him to admit this meant a lot to him, but he won't take advantage of her. What a good guy. And a lot of people on TikTok have come to Xander's defense and referenced this scene. They're like, he could have taken Buffy, but he didn't. And my reply is always, okay, so he didn't rape her while she was under the influence of a spell that he casted. Therefore, he's our hero because he didn't rape her on the stairs in the library. Oh my God. Like, is the bar so low? Is the bar so low, Carl? I am with you 100% here, Steph. Like, Ugh. yeah, it, it's sad that the bar is low that we would consider this to be heroic this should be the standard and people don't deserve cookies for doing the decent good thing and even the episode tries to turn this into a positive at the very end and i have lots of thoughts on that when we get oh there. yeah oh yeah okay so on one hand yeah it is very nice of him not to have raped her sure sure <laughs> but like really 
really? And it's not like he even was thinking about it in terms of that would be rape. He's thinking of it in terms of you don't feel this way about me, really. And that's that's oh, it makes me so angry. So Buffy also gets angry, but not for the reasons we're angry. He she gets angry because she thinks like he's playing her. He's like, is this a game? <laughs> you make me feel for you, then you reject me. What am I a toy? Like she just like starts losing it on him, and that's when Amy comes up behind her. And she's like, he's mine. And I know what his heart wants. And Buffy says, I know what your face wants and punches her. And that made me laugh because it's such a funny line. It's the chaos of the episode, right? Yes. It's just, it's just so, it's so much. It's so extra. And um, Amy falls down. I'm surprised she didn't die. <laughs> like, She is bleeding from the nose, but like that could have killed her. And um Amy stands up, her eyes go pitch black, witch eyes like her mother, and she starts spelling at her. She starts doing a spell, and it looks like she's blowing Buffy up with her magic. And Xander is like, oh my god! And then what's left is a pile of Buffy's clothes on the ground, and Xander's approaching them as Giles and Jenny come in. And that's when a rat emerges from the clothes and starts to run away. And Xander gets mad at Amy and is like, you just turned Buffy into a rat. Change her back. And Jenny's like, yeah, undo your little magic trick and get lost. And then Amy makes an age joke about Jenny, even though Jenny's only like 27 or 26. So it's not very old at all. But the girls start bickering and Amy starts to turn Jenny into a rat too. But Xander pulls her away. So chaos, just chaos. In the hallways, Cordy is at her locker when Harmony and the gang approach. And she's like, what now? You don't like my locker combination? (laughs) (laughs) So good. And Harmony says, you never loved him. You just used him. You make me sick. And Cordelia does say, like, if you need to borrow my mitle, just ask. (laughs) Jesus. And Harmony slaps her across the face. And I do love a good slap. So... Cordelia is shook by this. Then all the girls just like attack her. And this is scary. It's like mob mentality, right? Back in the library, Giles is like, we need to catch the Buffy rat. And they're trying to find her behind a bookshelf. But that's when Oz comes in and approaches Xander and punches him in the face. And this was shocking because gentle, sweet Oz would never commit an act of violence in such a way. But... Here he is, a newborn werewolf, and he punches Xander, and in this confusion, Buffy Rat leaves the library. Uh, So Oz is like, you know, I have this strong urge to hit you because Willow has been on the phone all night crying to me about how much she loves you. (laughs) And I'm with you here, Stephanie. I I think this is out of character for Oz. I don't know. Very. I, I don't like how the writers wrote this particular scene. I think it's interesting how Oz punches him and he's like, well, that actually kind of hurt because I don't think Oz has ever punched anyone in his whole life. Mind you, if you're going to punch anybody in the show, Xander is the proper choice, of course. Agreed. It is strange that he did it at all. And I think, I don't know if they're trying to show you that that's how much he cares about Willow, that even though Willow was I don't like when people use punching people in the face as a metric for how much you care. No, I agree with you. Like the violence of this is, like I said, it's shocking, but it's also uncalled for. And violence is never the answer, unless you're Buffy, in which case violence is usually the answer. But for Oz, um, yeah, him having this like visceral reaction, this like passionate violent reaction is so not his character so i'm just trying to figure out 
did the writers decide to do this for him because they wanted to show how loyal he is to Willow, that he's looking out for Willow. Um, even though Willow was crying about another guy to Oz all night, he didn't take it like, oh, she likes Xander more than me. He just took it that you hurt Willow. And I'm, I'm mad about it. So it's interesting, but it's also funny that Oz kind of snaps back into his character and he's like, oh, geez. Oh, and he helps Xander up. Almost like that wasn't worth it, right? So it's strange. So Giles is pissed. And he's like, if, if anything happens to Buffy, I'm going to. And then he's like, he's going to threaten Xander with violence too. And he's like, just go home. Lock yourself away. Like, you're only going to cause more problems here. Me, Amy, and Jenny will try to figure out how to break the spell. Oz, can you help find Buffy? Oz is like, yeah, sure. And Giles just says, get out of my sight, you filth. Okay, he doesn't say filth. <laughs> I just like throwing that in there. But um, yeah, and, and Xander leaves. Giles is super upset, though. Yes. Like, we haven't seen him this angry for a while. It's so called for, though. Like, Xander needed to be scolded Agreed. like this. Oh, my gosh. And Z Xander leaves looking sad. And I was like, I don't feel bad for you because it's totally your fault. So in the hallways, Xander sees the girls attacking Cordelia, poor thing. And he goes to help her and, like, basically picks her up out of all the girls while they all grab at him. And the lunch lady is there, too, which is so funny. And they leave... In the library, Giles has figured out that it's Cordelia's necklace that actually protected her from the spell. And Amy is not paying attention. She's just like, Xander needs me. He loves me. Jenny's fighting over him too. And Giles is like so at the end of his rope. He's just like, it's not love what you're feeling. It's obsession, selfish, banal obsession. And he's like, Xander is in great danger. So if you actually cared about him, you'd help me save him. And that's when he looks up and Jenny has gone. <laughs> She just, like, took off. And he's like, oh, great. So Xander and Cordy run outside the school. And that's where Willow is standing with an axe and an army of women. And Willow is saying, you don't know how this is for me. I love you so much. And I'd rather see you dead than with that bitch. This is the logical conclusion of a backfired love spell. <laughs> and it's so interesting, again, because Willow actually does feel this way. Not like obviously this is heightened from what she's feeling, but she does have a lot of resentment toward Cordelia. It's coming out of her through the love spell even more so, like times a hundred, right? So it just sucks for her. It just really sucks for Willow that she has to live through this. Oh dear. Um, just as uh, Willow approaches them with the axe, Harmony and her posse approach them from behind and start fighting Willow and her army because they're trying to protect Xander whereas Willow's army is trying to get him <laughs> to kill him. So chaos, chaos, chaos. The Buffy rat has ran, has run into the basement and Oz is looking for her with a flashlight. So odd, so odd the things in this basement. So like a couple episodes ago, it was like this huge hole in the wall and pickaxes. <laughs> this episode, there's like mouse traps down there, a black cat for no reason. Snyder <laughs> is trying to save on extermination bills, so he brought a cat from home. <laughs> I haven't seen Snyder in a while. I was thinking about that during this episode. I'm like, where's Snyder at? Like, what's he up to? Yeah, seriously. I guess they can only afford one guest star. That was going to be Amy this week. Okay, so Oz's task sucks because there must be more than one rat in the basement of Sunnydale High. And like, how do you know which one's Buffy? Yeah. And also, like, how do you know she went to the basement? She literally could have went anywhere in that school. This sucks, right? This sucks so bad. I also just want to say that I hate rats. Like... 
I, I can stand a lot of things, but if I see a rat, I'll lose my mind. I hate rats. They're so gross. Interesting. But Buffy's rat is cute because it's on TV and I don't have to be near it. Xander and Cordy have run away from school and it's nighttime now. So I guess they've just been running home, running around the city <laughs> all afternoon. And um, they go to Buffy's house for some reason. And Cordy's really confused about what's going on. They go inside. Joyce is there. And of course, Joyce is a woman. So she sends Cordy upstairs to get bandages for Xander's cut on his face. And she starts hitting on him. <laughs> And Xander's just like, ah, and he just like kind of like resigns to letting her hit on him. And when Cordelia comes downstairs with the bandages, this is my favorite line in the episode because she sees Joyce hitting on Xander and like giving him massage. And she says, what are you doing? Ugh, make me yak. <laughs> it's so funny. Cordelia, in like another 30 years, you're not going to care about that. No, that's not going to matter. You're going to be Cougar Cordelia. It's not going to matter at all. Make me yak. <laughs> so Cordelia shoves Joyce out into the backyard and locks her out. And then she's like, why is everybody going insane? And why do girls find you attractive? And ugh, Xander says, oh, is it impossible for other girls to find me attractive? And Cordelia's like, the only way you could get girls to want you would be witchcraft. And it's like, bingo, Cordelia. Well done. I love that reaction you just had. Cordelia is pretty smart. I wish people could see you. <laughs> the body movement you just made. It was so good. <laughs> I want it to be a gif. Um, but yeah, Cordelia, you're fucking bang on. And Xander is like, yeah, good point. That's when Joyce breaks through her own backdoor window to try to get back in. So Xander and Cordy run up to Buffy's room, lock the door. And Xander goes to look out the window to see if the mob has caught up to them. And this is when Angelus grabs Xander from outside and pulls him onto the roof. And... Kara, this genuinely shocked me because I didn't know he was going to be there. Well, and because the episode has been weird so far, because we had that scene with Angelus and Drusilla and Spike, but until since then, we haven't heard from them. So, like, clearly this is not an Angel episode, but it's like, is he coming back? Like, we, we've been expecting him to show up since the card that said soon. <laughs> and this is what he meant. Is he was going to show up and be like, you know, I'm going to party in your bedroom. But instead of finding Buffy, he finds Xander. And he's he's very excited to be dealing with Xander, of all people. I'm not <laughs> sure why that is. Well, I, I really wish we had gotten a little more insight into what he was planning to do. Was he just going to stalk Buffy out there? Because like it was, he wasn't planning for Xander to be there at all, which is why he's so excited. He's like, oh, perfect. Now I can kill her friend and start this whole like, you know, psychotic thing, right? But again, this was genuinely shocking. So I'm like, Joyce is in so much danger. Every time Joyce is at home, she's at, in danger. And no one seems to realize this. Like, she, D Joyce is outside, locked out of the house right now. And Angelus is there. It's so dangerous. Maybe the marijuana keeps him away, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of like garlic. It just, it smells so bad. He's like, I, I can't, I can't even go near you right Damn, now. Damn, do you think? marijuana is the garlic in the Buffy universe <laughs> like it just it's Joyce's one true protection that's amazing I love it <laughs> so so Angel like throws Xander off the roof it should have broken his back he's fine though and he jumps down and he's like I I wanted to do something special for Buffy but this is so much better and again what was he gonna do what was he doing in that tree 
he beats up Xander a bit and then is about to bite him. But that's when something really strong picks up, <laughs> it picks him up and throws him against the tree. And we all think it's going to be Buffy. <laughs> but it's not. It's Drusilla. And Drusilla has been taken by this... <laughs> Bell. This is the best <laughs> twist in the whole episode. It's, so, it's so clever because the writers obviously knew they had Drusilla for this episode. <laughs> and it's a logical consequence, right? If Drusilla is near Xander, I, I mean, I guess it's a little surprising because she's a vampire, not a human. So yeah. I guess the love spell works cross species. But, you know, she she must be affected too. And what are the consequences of that? And I like how the writers allowed themselves to explore it. You know, this for me is why I love this show so much. It's the fact that, yes, there are there's a lot of darkness to it. There's a lot of tragedy and heartbreak. But at the end of the day, they let themselves get a little silly, a little absurd. And it, it takes the edge off some of some of the darkness to the show. And I really appreciate that. It's one of the reasons why I find Buffy so enduring in my uh, fandoms you know I keep coming back to it despite its flaws despite all of the problems <laughs> as we're discussing in this episode I always come back to it because there's something about its humor that makes it comfortable in the darkness well this whole part of the scene is just so enjoyable to watch because Drusilla's like mommy's here <laughs> and Angel is so pissed because like Drusilla is ruining his surprise for Buffy and he's like are you kidding me him like of all the guys and Drusilla calls him a real man and what I like about this is that Angel backs off because clearly Drusilla is unhinged unpredictable yeah so Angel has no idea that this is the result of a spell right he thinks <laughs> this is just Drew being Drew yes. which is hilarious and yeah he literally backs into the shadow yeah and this shows Angel's respect for Drusilla as a villain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't respect Spike. If Spike wanted Xander for some reason, Angel would be like, no, back off, he's mine. But he he has a respect for Drusilla. I wouldn't necessarily say that he fears her, but I think he, because he's the one who made her, right? Like, he's the one who turned her crazy. I think he, uh, he ha has an understanding of just how incredibly broken and creepy Drusilla is. And... That's perhaps one of the few things that Angelus can truly respect as a creature of pure evil is this, the way that the pure evil manifests in Drew as this incredible chaos. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also, it's, it's also Angelus being like, this is so not worth it for me to fight you for him, right? He's like pissed and he's like, I really did drive you crazy, but he backs off. He's like, all right, like that's, so I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not in it, right? So <laughs> Drusilla is about to bite Xander and that's when the girl mob catches up and like, like overwhelms them and Drusilla kind of steps aside and Again, the sheer chaos is so enjoyable to watch. It's just, it's so random. Willow is there and she's shouting like, like all you have to do is love me. And Cordelia runs out of the house, grabs Xander and brings him back inside. And they lock everybody out. But Drusilla has run to the back door with the other girls and she pushes the door open with her strength. But then she cannot enter as all the girls enter the house behind her, including Joyce. Drusilla cannot go in because she's not invited. And Angelus is behind her to say, oh, you weren't invited. Sorry, Drew. And he finds it amusing. <laughs> this is, to me, such a good reminder of what you and I talked about in Bad Eggs. Because remember we were saying, how funny is it when 
the vampire villains show up to a scene thinking this is my day this is my time to screw with buffy but then they're like overrun with the other problems that are happening in sunnydale it's exactly like, it's so the best. you're so not important right now like there's so much more going on than you guys and that's what i this that's why this is so fun to watch so in the basement, Cordy and Xander have locked themselves in back where it all began in What's My Line Part 2 when they are trapped in the basement together and kissed for the first time. And Cordy is like, if we die in here, I'm going to kick your ass. And Xander blames Cordelia, blames her, and says, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't broken up with me. But no, you're so desperately popular. And Cordy says, uh, Cordy then shoots back, I didn't embrace the black arts just to get girls to like me. And Xander says, it would have worked fine, except your hide is so thick, magic couldn't even penetrate it. And that's when Cordelia realizes the spell was meant for her. And she's touched by this? I know, this is, yeah, this is not good. This is wrong. And again, I will have thoughts for this at the end. But yeah, no, I'm not into that. (laughs) Like, again, 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 like, yes, Cordelia should not have broken up with you on Valentine's Day. That's cold, right? That's very cold. And he nailed it. Like, it's her popularity that made her do that. Like, she cared... At, last night, she cared more about popularity. And she's stuck between a rock and hard place where she has this popular crowd that she has worked her whole adolescent life to be part of and to rule. And then she has this geeky crowd of the Scoobies who save the world. And that makes her feel something. So she's stuck between these two sides of her, of her identity that she's grappling with. And what 16 year old, 17 year old isn't really figuring out who they are at that age anyway. So it's just hard. It's just so hard when Xander throws this in her face and says, it's your fault for breaking up with me. It's like, it's not though. Um, Giles and Amy are performing the spell to turn Buffy back into a human uh, back at the school. And Oz is currently looking for Buffy in the basement still. There's no point to showing that rat trap. There's no point to showing that cat because Buffy did not encounter any of those problems. She gets turned back into a human, but is naked. And of all the people to find her naked, Oz is the best one because Buffy notices she's naked and she's like, hi, Oz. I seem to have a slight case of nudity here. And Oz is like, well, you're not a rat, so let's call it an upside. And he's trying so hard to not look at her and not make her feel uncomfortable, right? Like he's looking everywhere but her, but he's still talking to her. So he goes to find her some clothes and uh, she waits there in the basement. In Buffy's basement, the girls have broken through and they're basically mauling Cordy and Xander. But that's when Giles and Amy reverse the love spell and everybody stops going crazy and is just really confused and they're wondering where they are and Joyce is too. And Cordelia just says, boy, that was the best scavenger hunt ever. (laughs) (laughs) Go Cordelia, fast thinking. Buffy makes fun of it. So we cut to the next day at school right after that. And Buffy's making fun of that excuse. And Xander's like, well, your mom bought it. (laughs) And Buffy says, yeah. And um, she's like, I think my mom is just more wigged out that she was hitting on one of my friends that she's just like repressing. And she's been doing that a lot lately. She's getting really good at it. Maybe I should start worrying. And I was like, Buffy, she's not repressing. She's just high. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) that's all it is. So Xander says that Willow won't talk to him. And Buffy's like, well, she shouldn't have to. This is worse for her than anyone. She loved you before you invoked the great Rufy spirit, she calls. And again, I feel bad for Willow here because 
all that happened to her when it's true she's the one that's always harbored these feelings for Xander and she doesn't even get a scene to talk about that with him or to talk about that with anybody she's dealing with it off screen Mm -hmm. so I'm like that's unfair Buffy says that she remembers coming on to Xander begging him to undress her and then a sudden need for cheese but again the bar is so low because she gives Xander props for not undressing her for not taking advantage of her she's like you're a good guy for doing that like you pulled through good for you yeah so I was so I went for a walk after watching this episode and I, I kept thinking about this moment and trying to figure out why I was so angry with it. Because we've already touched on Xander doesn't deserve cookies for not taking advantage of Buffy. We've said that. But there's something else going on here. And I, I'm so glad that you brought this up, this idea that Buffy's the one who's feeling remorse for coming on to him, even though she was under a love spell. I, I think you're 100% on the nose with that assessment. The issue here is in our society, patriarchy teaches us that when men screw up, women should make them feel better about their mistakes. You know, we are here to placate them and say, oh, you know, you didn't mean it. You'll do better next time. We make excuses for men. And it's it's very uncomfortable because we're expected not to rock the boat when it comes to men doing things wrong. I mean, look at Me Too and how how many powerful men, especially in the entertainment industry, were allowed to get away with harassing and assaulting people, including a lot of women, over decades because these women were told, you know, don't rock the boat, make excuses. So the fact that this is the way the episode chooses to go with it and is like Buffy is smoothing this over so that Xander doesn't feel bad. She's trying to spare his feelings. It just really rubs me the wrong way. Trying to spare his feelings just like in the hyena episode, Xander was embarrassed for what he says he doesn't remember so they're like we'll just spare you and not tell you what you did but in this case this is 100% Xander's fault he's the reason all these girls put themselves in danger and why they didn't have free will anymore and you're right Buffy's giving him the okay and it's also bothered me in the scene that Xander tried to rape Buffy when he was a hyena and remembered the whole thing brought it up by accident in the episode before still didn't apologize to Buffy for what she had to go through. And he hasn't had to show any remorse for that. It was played off as a joke. But here is Buffy apologizing for something that's also not her fault. She has to apologize and feel remorse for hitting on Xander and at the same time be like, but thank you for not taking me up on that. What a gent you are, Xander. Like, ugh. Yeah, and then... We cut to Xander getting to talk to Cordelia again, right? Because we we cut to Harmony uh, and Cordelia and the rest of the plastics gossiping. And they bump into Xander. And Harmony, I think, insults his clothing. She says, I'm glad your mom stopped working at the drive-thru long enough to dress you. So there's another one of those little digs at Xander's class, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so 
then you know she she insults Sandra, she bullies him, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm done. I've bullied you." And turns around <laughs> and is like, "Okay, yeah. I'm going to keep talking to the gang, including Cordy." And Cordelia's like, "Harmony, shut up." Ooh, yes. And it's this moment right where everything turns, and Cordelia gives this speech where she calls Harmony a sheep. <laughs> Yes. And while this speech is happening, I just need to really point out that this there's this swell of like upbeat music, like very like 90s, like teen pop music that's supposed to make this a very inspirational moment. And, and Cordelia is like, you're a sheep. All you ever do is whatever people want you to do, you know, just so that you can say that you, you were doing it too. You were doing it first. And then she's like, here I am, like, I want your approval, but I'm the cool one because I'm not a sheep and I do what I want to do and I wear what I want to wear. And she's like, and I'm going to date whoever I want to date. You know, she acknowledges that Xander's maybe not the most ideal person, but she's like, he's my choice. I'm choosing him. Screw you. And then she walks away and it's a mic drop moment, including the music behind it. And I think... In any other episode, I would be cheering Cordelia. I would be applauding her, you know? Yes. Like, she's chosen Xander very publicly. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking away, Xander's like, do you know what you've done? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. I've just totally burnt all my social bridges. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Out. It's like, yeah. She's like, oh, God. Cool, 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 oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And, you know, Xander's like, don't worry. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm here. And, and Cordelia's like, okay, it's going to be okay. This would be so cute. Any other episode. But I cannot even with this. Because just like in the basement, right, where, where Cordelia learns that the love spell was targeted towards her. And you, you have this moment where you're like, why is that good? And it's like, <laughs> it's not good. But I think this is, you know, this is a very simplistic, very teenage view of love, which is being desired. There is something attractive about somebody desiring you to the point of possessiveness. I understand that. But this is a very toxic portrayal, you know? It reminds me a lot of a much later vampire story called Twilight, <laughs> where it's like the, you know, the, the love interest's possessiveness is meant to be sexy and attractive. And I really, really hate when media perpetuates this trope um, towards young women and girls because it's incredibly harmful. You know, it primes women and girls to get into abusive relationships with people, especially men, because they're being taught that if somebody desires you so much that they want to possess you and, you know, control your, your life in some ways, that's hot and that's attractive and you should feel you know, you should feel good about yourself, that you're wanted in that way. And that's your self-worth. And it's like, no, like Xander seriously screwed up in this episode. You should be as upset with Xander as Jenny was when she found out that Giles, you know, his youthful indiscretions led to her being possessed by a sex demon. Like Cordelia, I, I understand that we had to give Cordelia her moment here. I just wish that it had happened in a different episode because I, I can't. I, ca- I can't feel good about her choosing Xander right after this. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting that. Like, I really love when Cordelia drops that, you know, I can date whoever I want. That is a really great moment for her because she's finally breaking out of this idea that popularity is the only thing that's going to make me matter here. 
because turns out having real connections with people and being completely yourself and being comfortable enough with that, not so much about your status, that's equally important. And that's why I love Cordelia's growth in this episode. But you just laid down some facts because it's like, sorry, Cordy, but Xander, he needs to be punished for what he did in this episode. And no one's punishing him. We don't see the aftermath of what Giles is thinking. Well, yeah, right. So that's the other thing I wanted to make sure I said. So thank you for reminding me is... This is just another episode of Xander being a Joss Whedon self-insert character because this show tortures its female characters. The women in this show are put through the ringer. But every time Xander screws up, he gets off the hook. He gets let off with a slap on the wrist and, you know, an oh, Xander. He gets a girlfriend. Yeah. That's what makes me so mad. You you manipulated every woman in this goddamn town. You mind raped them and you get a girlfriend out of this and no one's mad at you except for Willow and she's off screen and you, we will never have to see her deal with it. And also, you know, I'll point out to some extent Giles suffers from this as well in the sense of like uh, we found out in the dark age of you know, the mistakes and stuff that he's made. <laughs> Other than Jenny being a little traumatized about what's ha what happened to her during that episode, nobody else ever calls Giles out on what he did. Yes. And it's so interesting to me that the male characters in this series tend to face less harsh consequences. They do face consequences sometimes, but Xander in particular, this is going to be a pattern. So for those of you who are watching the show for the first time, Keep your eye out for this because there's some particularly egregious examples of Xander kind of getting away with shit as the series goes on. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's 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 really disheartening. The fact that like you and I care more about Cordelia's free will than her brand new boyfriend. So like while this this episode was a lot of fun and there's a lot of elements to it that I that you and I talked about that we really enjoyed. Ultimately, it's a flop because <laughs> Like, what are we learning from this besides the fact that Xander can literally get away with anything? It's another one of those episodes that shows that the show is very good at humor. It's very good at funny situations. It's very good at emotion. But it is not quite as feminist and progressive as we would like to think it is. I think people really want this show to be incredibly feminist and progressive because of the main character, because of the number of women involved in the cast and stuff. But I, I think when you look at episodes like this, you're like, okay, yeah, like the flaws are really on display here. <sighs> Did Xander learn anything from this? Like he was obviously feeling bad when Giles was yelling at him. But at the end of this, did he learn something? Did he grow? Cordelia grew. Learn not to do love spell magic. <laughs> I guess that's all we get from him. Yeah. I don't so know. who is your hero? I hate, I think I know who your hero is from what you've been saying. It is Cordelia. <laughs> Cordelia yeah. is my hero this episode. Her growth, this was, like we said, a turning point for her character. We haven't gotten a Cordy-centric episode in a very long time. This was actually supposed to be about Xander, but turns out Cordelia is the one that made the moves. Cordelia is the one that grew, that realized something in herself, and is becoming a better person for it. So kudos to you, Cordelia. You do not need Harmony and the plastics. You don't need Xander either, but you know what? 
I still think this is good a good move for you in terms of accepting yourself. Okay, cool. Who's your hero? Uh, my hero, I was tempted to give it to Oz for punching Xander because, you know, aspirations. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to Giles for yelling at Xander and getting super upset with him because he seems to be the only person who's done that. Uh, you know, he wrangled Amy. He was the one who got Amy to actually like reverse the, the spells and stuff. And even before this, he froze out Jenny. Good job, Giles. And he was caring for Buffy in this episode, right? He was like, I'm going to patrol tonight. You know, he understands how difficult having her ex-honey <laughs> as the big bad is. And, and He's a honey. Even when, she's, even when she says, like, no, I need to know, he respects that. And he agrees with, with her. And he works with her until she gets too distracted by her, her new attraction. So Giles is my hero because I think just every he wasn't in this episode a ton, but everything he does in this episode for me is just on point. Great choice. All right. So we have hot stakes. We love you guys. You guys just keep sending us these awesome thoughts of yours. We do. And we, we can't always get to all of them, but we try to reply to everybody. So keep on keep on bringing them in. Yes. <laughs> so our first hot stake is from Lisa commenting on the behavior of Angel from Innocence. So this is a really appropriate kind of comment for this episode, I think, as well. So Lisa says, Angel tries very hard not to behave like a predator. No sudden moves, no loud noises. He's trying not to frighten the Scoobies, like you might with a new kitten. Angelus revels in being a pet predator. Ooh, I love that. And it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we look at how Angel behaves versus how Angelus behaves in Innocence and how he he's toying with them and he, he's hunting, you know, and, and his behavior is very clear on that. And so in this episode, of course, we, we see how he's toying with Buffy and he's hunting Buffy. She is her she is Angelus's prey. And of course, then his hunt gets interrupted and sidelined by Xander being in the wrong place at the wrong time and being under a love spell and Drew interfering. <laughs> and it's, it's hilarious because as we pointed out in the episode, this is another example of how this person who would otherwise be this really intimidating antagonist at this point in the episode is completely sidelined by the main plot. And <laughs> it's hilarious yeah. because... Yeah, we've just established Angelus as being this predator from the previous episode. And I believe in the next episode, we're going to see that even further. So this episode is an interesting way of kind of, you know, addressing the fact, like you pointed out a couple of times, Angelus is being very slow at making his moves. Joyce is vulnerable. Giles is vulnerable. Everybody's vulnerable in their houses at night because Willow invited him into her house too. Yes. So yes. I think everybody should be sleeping in Xander's room right now. I'm sure he'd love that right now. Um, <laughs> but no one cares. So, yeah. So, you know, the episode, I think, is trying to acknowledge that, yes, he is a threat. He is a danger. He is making his move, but he's doing it slowly because he wants to toy with Buffy and her friends. Because that is how, as a predator, he stalks his prey. He doesn't go right for the throat. He plays with it. 
like a cat and a mouse. Yeah, I so, love it. Thanks for the comment, Lisa. Yeah, and I, you know, we will be having a lot of talks about Angel versus Angelus and the differences between the two in the future. So this is a nice warm up. Thank you. Our next hot stake is from B, and they wrote in to talk about this episode, uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. They said, as a witch, I have to tell you that love spells are practically never endorsed by the community with the whole removal of free will shtick. Unlike what Amy says, pure intentions have nothing to do with a love spell, because if your intentions are wholly pure, then you wouldn't be forcing another living, breathing human to be in love with you. The whole episode feels like it's putting the onus on Xander having impure intentions rather than on the magic itself actually being wrong. I love me some Xander slander, but practically the first thing every witch hears is, can you do a love spell? So I understand that people in general have a fascination on the matter. I'm not excusing what he does, still shitty and a violation. I'm just withholding the barrage I would launch if it had been one of my coven members. Ooh. This is a really interesting perspective to share. Thank you, B, because the the show is gradually introducing the idea of witches and witchcraft. That's going to become a much larger part of the series, and we can't explain why without going to spoilers. But we're going to see more magic. And the question of what is ethical magic definitely comes up throughout the series. And, and one of the things that I think the show kind of demonstrates Maybe it never really comes out and says it, but it, it points out that witches shouldn't be doing magic alone. Um, the show kind of illustrates that you should have a coven, you should have a group of people who are going to help guide you and make sure that you're, you know, you're using magic properly. And the characters in the show, like Amy, who are alone in their use of witchcraft, and, and they're the ones most likely to go astray. So that's that's an, I just think that's a really interesting comment to, to bring this up. And I think we should keep our eye on, you know, as other characters in the show explore witchcraft and as the, the use of magic keeps coming up throughout the series. What is it that influences how people are doing magic? And I, and I love that we have witches listening in and sending us their pointers because it's just like, ooh, straight from the source, you know? One more hot steak. This one is from Marcy, more of a general hot steak. Marcy calls it uh, hot steak fashion edition, which I'm totally down for that. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, Willow's outfits are actually what girls in high school wore during this period because you and I have commented on the fashion and stuff. And I think it was... Was it phase? It was phases. No, I can't. It was one of the episodes recently. Surprise. You made fun of Willow's hat. It was surprise. Surprise. Yeah, okay. It was surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. So Marcy says Buffy and Cordy were dressed to have a more aspirational or mature look, um, but, you know, attainable for a college age audience. And Marcy also says, you know, I think I'm a bit older than you both at 35. And it's sweet that you think that, Marcy, because I'm turning 32 in a little bit over a little bit under two months so <laughs> just a little bit older um but yeah i don't remember too much about what was in fashion in school in the 90s so marcy does remember and says willow was always wearing cool pieces you'd see in like ym magazine back to school spreads so when you see willow in something that seems bold yes it was cool but actually just normal to see on teenagers Buffy often took risks in fashion, but it wasn't necessarily trendy, nor became trendy after airing. I think we could all agree on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Cordy in high school is always dressed in classic pieces, and every so often you see her in something trendy, 
like the stuffed animal backpack, but it's always a safe trend and a reflection of her need to be popular and fit in. Yes, so. the devil wears Prada. Uh, I remember YM magazine so well. I miss them. I thought they were, like that was everyone's jam when you're in the 90s. And thanks, Marcy, so much. Because, yeah, I, I like Kara said, I also don't really remember fashion in the 90s. So it's nice to know that while Willow's choices might not always be my thing, they were probably very popular at the time. Well, and Willow's fashion is going to change as the characters grow up, right? I think her fashion, probably her style overall probably changes the most of most of the characters here. And part of that is because she she is dressing her age right now, mm-hmm. whereas Buffy and Cordy are aged up a little bit, as Marcy pointed out, because Willow is the innocent one. And part of her character growth over the next few seasons is Willow pro- probably kind of becoming more comfortable with herself yes and adjusting her wardrobe to match and that'll be interesting to look at can't wait well thank you everybody for your hot stakes as always we adore you and we adore them thanks for sending them in Kara, i adore you too what a great conversation what a great podcast partner you are (laughs) the love spell is working Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. We invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and Prophecy underscore Girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. See you next week. Bye.